Brewing with Style is brought to you by Northern Brewer with fast shipping, expert advice, and all the ingredients and equipment you need to make the best beer possible. Visit them today at northernbrewer.com. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDole, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my brewing brothers and sisters. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. And unfortunately, we do not have the loverly Jean Plaisé. Couldn't be with us today. Yes. Which I miss. I miss my John P. He gets me up for these things. Get you all excited. <laughs> what kind of up? What kind of up? Well, no, um... We were just talking about how uh, intimidating it can be to hang with some of these uh, some of these brewers. Yeah, I mean these are like uh, the big deals in brewing. You know, yeah. the top well, guys in the country. I tell you, you know, people like uh, Vinny, Vinny, yeah, Russian River, Matt at Firestone, yeah, Mitch at Mitch, yeah. at Stone. Um, All good friends of ours. I, oh, I, they would say the same. Wonderful, uh, wonderful people. Very kind, very, very, yeah. very open, very, very humble. You know, very humble. Yeah. You know, not you know, uh, uh, you know, foul at uh, well, Anderson Valley. Yeah. I can say really stupid stuff, and it's you know, oh, well, that's all right. And to Mitch too, it's Mitch, like it, oh, yeah. you know, uh, I can say idiotic stuff to Mitch. I, I just say whatever, and then he's like, well, you know, that that could be. Uh, Sure, that's a possibility. Yeah, he's really, yeah. You know, he won't tell you you're no. a freaking idiot. No. He'll just be like, oh, all right. Yeah. And uh, what's more intimidating about Matt and Vinny is that they'll just be quiet. You know, you say yeah, something really stupid, right. yeah. and they'll be like, okay, yeah. You know, they'll just nod. Or no, no. They'll, they, you know, it, it's just so stupid what you've said that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have no place to go with that, huh? Yeah, they, I mean, let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> and so it's just, it's just, uh, you know, these guys are, they're brilliant for one. You know, I kind of happen to be this week, actually. And, you know, and it, I, I'll tell you my, I'll tell you this, they, Vinny. They, 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 they got to think I'm a total freaking idiot because I'm just so, I, I, I'm not my normal self when I'm around these people. I'm not, and I, you know. God help me. me these people are wonderful and very kind and it's not them it's me I just don't know how to behave because I'm such I got such a crush on these people yeah I'm just uh, and then and then I just say stupid <laughs> stuff and I and my behavior is just yeah. horrible right and I I don't know I don't know how they put up with me but I have the same experience I don't know I don't know well you I'm know just uh, terrible just terrible I I had a very that exact experience well on Friday we we're at, at the First and Walker event uh, was pouring this new session pale ale that I have, and uh, Vinny and Matt and uh, and uh, Jeremy Marshall and uh, Terrence Sullivan uh, were there, and they were drinking it, and they're all saying, "Oh, this is really good," and and uh, Matt's tweeting something about it and all that kind of stuff. And then Monday morning, Vinny sends me, or I, I send him an email asking for uh, Avanda Betts' uh, email address and when to send something to him. And uh, he gives me that and says, oh, uh, can you give me the particulars on that beer of yours, that, that session beer you had? 
I remember, he said, and he remembered. He said he remembered like some of the uh, ingredients, right? Hmm. So I go, oh, he wants to, he wants to know the temperature, and he's asking me beer questions, right, like mm-hmm. about a recipe. So I so fine. So I get it all and write it up and send it to him. Well, the, you know, the trick to my beer is I measure the high to have a high finishing gravity, right? Well, so <laughs> so I was all like, wow, he's gonna really like this, right? No, he comes back in response. Well, I brew in the Belgian style, so I, we really we have to attenuate really well. And, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he basically said, I can't make your beer. I can't make that beer. Mm-hmm. I did also tell him that uh, my technique, or a lot of what I what I do, in terms of making Hoppy Session beer, I got from uh, Jen Talley. Of course, mm-hmm. she works mm-hmm. for him now. So, mm-hmm. I Well, and I, I think that uh, you, know, you can mash at a very high temperature and still attenuate well. Yeah, I mean attenuation is all about what is fermentable, not you know. Yes. I think you know it, it's it's the amount of fermentation that uh, is possible. What's what's the what are the fermentable right. sugars, right. and what percentage of those do you ferment? Right. You know, as much as possible. I think I think that you know that's more of a difference than right. worrying about what the final gravity is. You can have a very dry beer that finished high, yeah. and you can have a you know a sweet beer that finished low. Right. See, there's something I I would I I'd, I'd actually I feel I might be I I would I I think I'd say that in front of Vinny. I would. Should I, I think respond? I'd, to him? I'd, I would challenge him with that. Well, except. And then he made this point, and I did. I have been very verifying yeah. this. Oh, see, now, that now is I'm when you leave scared. the dextrins in the beer like that. That's yeah. sort of a digestive issue. <gasps> yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. That's see, that's the see, point that's, he was that's making. That's the problem. That's the problem. And you see, and the problem is the real problem is I'm so you know awed by these guys <laughs> that and then, and then they think that, you know the problem is. And so my behavior is bizarre, and they think that I'm not. You know, they they think that you know I'm not odd. They think it's just like oh, it's you know some other dude. And you know they're they're so not full of themselves. Yeah, they don't see people that are full. Yeah, they're they're just you know. Right. Uh, they see me as a peer, and you know I'm like, oh no, I'm not. And oh then, God, yeah. and so my behavior is so bizarre that they just think I'm a freaking nutcase. <laughs> they must That's think I problem. am too, right? They're just like, what is wrong with this like, guy? So, if, yeah. so, uh, so at Friday's party, right? They all want pictures with me. Embarrassing. Like, you, you see a bunch of pictures on Facebook of me with them. They want they want to take those pictures. I wasn't saying, hey, let's get a picture, Vinny. Let's get a picture, Yvonne. No, they wanted they wanted to take these pictures. And I did not. Yeah. Were your breasts hanging out? No, I was just the. Normal, Were you topless at the time? I was in my normal attire. Oh, there like you I go. am right now. I look like this. Do you think uh, Matt Brindleson has the same attitude you have about Tasty? Like I get around Tasty, and I just I become this bizarre uh, star struck. Probably, Might not. Be. Might Probably be. not. Might be. Yeah. Well, this is why I had uh, plastic surgery. You know, you you probably can't tell. No. Yeah. It doesn't show at all. No what marks. Would, what would you guess? What? Right. You probably wouldn't guess. Right, breast reduction surgery. Yeah, that's oh, that's what I. Oh, breast reduction. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. I, I had to, you know, had the bams. <laughs> yeah, I had to, had to, had to have them trimmed down. Hmm. There you go. Did you try wearing like a sports bra before you resorted to surgery? A bro. Yeah, <laughs> a man's ear. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. The big tatas. Were you like an A cup or like a B or? Oh yeah, it was like double D's. Double yeah. D's. Yes. Ooh, nice. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. A little inside information there. <laughs> you can only hear it on uh, 
You can only hear it on, on this, this show. show. Yeah, that's quality for you. That's quality programming that you're going to get on this this show. And the reason that you're getting this quality programming is our fine sponsor, northernbrewer.com. Check them out. If you want to brew, we're going we're gonna to talk about Imperial IPA. Imperial IPA takes a lot of hops and, and some specialized hops and even hop extracts. And the place to go for all that, northernbrewer.com. They have it all. They they uh, innovated the uh, the hop shot, a little syringe of uh, hop extract that you can use on uh, adjusting beers. And beers like this, you know, I think um, a lot of home brewers worry about uh, hop extracts. They're thinking, oh, it's like a bad thing. Back in the day, it might have been when they were extracting with all sorts of uh, bizarre chemicals. Now they extract it with like CO2. Right. And uh, not, you know, it's it's fine. And and the reason you use them nowadays is because you don't get all that vegetal matter and all that, you know, chlorophyll and gunky kind of rotting mm-hmm. vegetables. That if you use too much pellets um, to make something intensely hoppy, doesn't work out. Well, you can go to northernbrewer.com. You can get these hop shot things like that. And you can get hop extracts on the homebrew scale. And uh, add them to your beer and uh, make something extra special. It's a great option. Yep. And uh, northernbrew.com has it. It also has great prices, great customer service, uh, great shipping rates, everything that you could want. Northernbrew.com. Go check them out. Uh, they sponsor the show so you don't have to. There you go. Hey, uh, Blobber Glop wants you guys to know our, our Canadian friend that uh, when he yes. ate at uh, Urine Tasty's uh, table at uh, NHC, he was scared shitless. <laughs> C- couldn't eat his food. Really? So there you really? go. Starstruck, uh, it's not only not only you. Uh, yeah. Well, see, and I... I, I no, I, can, I see that. I've, I've had homebrewers come up to me. I can appreciate that, yeah. And they're, I can tell they're all nervous and shit. And, I, I can, when right. I, and I'm sensitive to it. Well, that's why I say don't be. I just start know? hugging and kissing on him real quick. Just make, you know, like, hey, can we quit that? <laughs> Come on, we're just people. Yeah, I, I was surprised. He like pulled Blopper's pants down, and started sucking them off. I'm like, why? Had, why are you doing that? I've had guys' wives come over and say, "Well, my husband's a big fan of yours." I go, "Well, where's he? Right. Well, he's standing over there." Like, oh, it's like, well, let me do you, well, and then and then you gotta make him feel, feel better about it. Yeah, yeah I want him to feel comfortable. We'll both, have, we'll both have had you. Yeah. And is that what is that is that your move? There you Something. Go. Uh, well, then, that's the thing. Yeah, and I've I've. Uh, I've run across people that said, "Oh, I saw you, but you know, I was just too, you know, scared to say I didn't want to disturb you, whatever." It's like, "Oh, please, you know, just don't worry about that. Just come on up, say yeah. hi, whatever." Yeah. For yeah. any of us at the Brewing Network, exactly. just come come over and say hi. We'll we'll appreciate that effort uh, more than we'll appreciate you standing back. Yeah, trust me, it's nice to have people actually care that you're exist. Yeah, but right? s- still continue to feel free to send your wives over. Instead right. of send you, your wife fine. over instead. That's that's We're a much right better move. That. If you've got an open relationship and and you're looking for your wife to score with some fat old dude who smells of beer, uh, send her over. I mean, we got we we got them in spades. As if that's different than the wife's <laughs> normal experience. Right. Well, you never know. Some of these some of these homebrewers Every- they're, they're they're pretty uh, you know, they're pretty tight. They got uh, they got it going on. You every be surprise. Every national homebrewers. I would be, yeah. Every, yeah. every national homebrewers conference, they get at least a half a dozen uh, husbands and wives come up, where they say, "Can we get a picture?" Yeah. yeah. So 
the wife slides over next to me and the husband backs up with the camera and he takes the picture. <laughs> then I go like, oh, did you want one too? And he goes like, oh, okay. It was just for her. She, they, they went on the picture. That's for the she husband. The, the husband's going to rub one out later on, you, you and his <laughs> wife together. I don't know. Yeah, at what point do they ask Sounds like you? Sounds like a half a dozen times. It just amazes me. At what point do they ask you, uh, do you party? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what I should ask them. There you go. Yeah, I mean, I'm not playing this right. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. And then, then, you know, they're not just like, you know, uh, shaking hands with me when they want this, they want this picture to be uh, like we're really good friends, I guess. You're shaking hands with Mr. Lincoln? Something. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Well, we're going to talk about Imperial IPA today. Uh, you know, the interesting thing is I think that the the style has expanded past I, I think I think IPA, double IPA, Imperial IPA, it's growing faster than the style guidelines can keep up. Yes. Even just a couple of years ago, we came out with our double Imperial IPA around eight percent. Nowadays that's too small for a Imperial IPA, at least in this market, everyone's looking ten over ten percent. Why don't they come up with another name like Triple IPA or something? That, right, right. I mean, well, I think because I mean, think, you want kind of you want to kind of think when you IPA, get an IPA, it's going to be in a range, and a double is going to be in at some range. Right, right. The range is too big now in double. It's right. It's eight. It's the minimum, right? Is that what? You, well, uh, what's the guy? That's the, the BJCP puts it at seven point five to ten percent. Oh, okay, seven five. They say seven five. People think of that that's as an IPA. IPA. Yeah, that's yeah. seven and a half. That's it's, an it's extra changed. IPA or something. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think IPA maybe in the. It used to be like you know six to whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I I'd say IPA six and a half to Dinner. seven and a half, maybe yeah. eight. Eight. Yeah, that's why you say that the uh, you know double doubles, doubles double IPA now. maybe eight, seven five. and a half oh. to you know maybe nine. I I think. We, we should have another designation. Yeah, tr- some other. What there is. should be a double. Uh, there should be IPA, double IPA, Imperial IPA, or triple IPA. Or some, yes. <laughs> and then we're going from uh, double, we'd be going from like, you know, eight to, uh, or, you know, seven and a half to, you know, nine and a half. And right. maybe the Imperial or triple would be nine and a half to eleven and a half or twelve. Something Whatever like you want to do. Yeah. Is Imperial synonymous with triple? Is it, is no, that it's that imperial. It, it, it's in the past. It's been double and imperial. So two different e- things being equal. The same. Thing. Oh, the same. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. And but you're saying they should be different. They should use the terminology I, I think to so make now. three. Yeah. yeah. You know. It's well, they're expanding the, the high end so far that it's it's got too big a range because you know when you you know you select the double <laughs> IPA, you like to think it's going to be within some narrow range, but if it varies between seven and a half and eleven percent, that's a big big variance. Right. Right. And so, uh, but I think you know it's just creeping up faster and faster i'm thinking we need to change the name of our product or change the destination from imperial to double you know mm-hmm. and go that range and uh bjcp says about uh, imperial ipa the aroma prominent to intense hop aroma uh any variety of of hop um most versions dry hop uh, resinous grassy uh, clean malty sweetness may be found in the background. Eh, fruitiness, uh, esters or hops may also be detected. Some alcohol should not have a hot character. Appearance, color range from golden amber to medium reddish copper. I think they'd be lighter than golden mm-hmm. amber. Much lighter. Yeah, especially here on the West Coast, we yeah. go with a much a much paler, uh, mm-hmm. uh, drier uh, finish. Mm-hmm. 
Version is going to have an orangish tint. Should be clear, although unfiltered dry hop version may be a bit hazy. Good head stain with off-white color should persist. Off-white? I know it should be white. Um, flavor hop flavor is strong, complex, and reflects reflect the use of American English and/or noble hop varieties. High to absurdly high hop bitterness. Although the mouth backbone would generally support the strong hop, hop character and provide the best balance. Again, uh, West Coast, we don't do it that way. <laughs> uh, malt flavors should be low to medium, generally clean and malty. Caramel, toasty flavors, acceptable low levels. Uh, medium dry to dry finish. Clean, smooth alcohol flavor usually present. Uh, mouthfeel smooth, medium, light body, overall dry sensation. Overall impression, an intensely hoppy, very strong pale ale without... The big maltiness and or deeper malt flavors in American barley wines. Strongly hop, but clean, lacking harshness, and a tribute to historical IPAs. Drinkability is an important characteristic. It should not be a heavy sipping beer. It should also not have a much residual sweetness or a heavy character grain profile. I think this overall impression is excellent. I think mm-hmm. this is a really well written. I think this is something Gordon probably added. Um, and I think this is new to this uh, description because here's here's the key if you're adding a lot of crystal malts you're adding a lot of residual sweetness all that like the overall impression says here um you know a very strong pale ale without the big maltiness and or deeper malt flavors of an american barley wine you start to trend into that barley wine kind of territory it should be a paler drier finish less malt focused more hop focused right that's why you add sugar to bring up the later the points, mm-hmm. so you don't get into the barley wine maltiness. Right, right, right. This should not be a heavy sipping beer. This should not have much residual malt sweetness or a heavy character grain profile. That is an excellent overall mm-hmm. impression. That, I think, really captures the difference between, you know, why is this a barley wine? Why is this a, you know, imperial IPA? Comments bigger than either an English or American IPA in both alcohol strength and overall hop level, bittering and finish, less malty, lower body, less rich, and a greater overall hop intensity than an American barley wine. Uh, typically not as high in gravity alcohol as barley wine since high alcohol and malt tend to limit drinkability, a showcase for hops. An excellent comment section there. Uh, history and a recent American innovation. Uh, pushing the envelope, satisfy the need of hop aficionados. The adjective imperial is arbitrary and simply implies a stronger version of IPA. Double, extra, extreme, or any other variety of adjectives would be equally valid. There you go. Extreme IPA. I want an extreme. Um, yeah, I think that's... Boy, That I think this, this later section is just uh, really well written. Uh, commercial examples. First one, Pliny the Elder. The defining beer. But I think, you know, it's... it's uh, <laughs> You know the 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 way the market's trending. You know it's if it's not ten percent, uh, you know Pliny the Elder's not. That's the drier, uh, easier drinking. I can drink pints and pints of of Pliny. Did I tell you the story about Peter and, and Pliny? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Peter and Pliny? No, it's just a bedtime story. I get my pillow and wake the other. I, I think it might be. Let's do this. Let's take a short break. When we come back, I will tell you about Peter Simons and Pliny the Elder at the uh, the conference in San Diego. Back after this. 
For nearly 15 years, homebrewers have been served by one place in Michigan where you can buy yourself a serial killer grain mill. Adventures in homebrewing. Did you try all those great Michigan beers at the National Homebrewers Conference in San Diego or Seattle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Did you see a great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or brew kettle? Adventures in homebrewing delivered that. And did you see that great custom-built brew stand? Yep, Adventures in homebrewing delivered. Since 1999, Adventures in homebrewing in Taylor, Michigan, Ann Arbor, Michigan, and online at homebrewing.org has been serving home brewers across the globe. Check out their innovative 2.5 gallon keg with metal handles, great homebrew kits, and the fully adjustable Serial Killer Grain Mill. Visit them in Philly for the 2013 National Homebrewers Conference. Not going to make it? Check out all the fun of adventures in homebrewing at homebrewing.org. For a limited time, coupon code BNETWORK will slam 10% off your order. Bam! Adventures in homebrewing. Join the adventure at the Great Lakes Home for Homebrewing Supplies online at homebrewing.org. And don't forget coupon code BNETWORK for a limited time. Join the adventure Today, a vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's super yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. into the city. It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic oh. existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm gonna need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's gonna get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service comes the home brewer.
When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's no beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new SnapLock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're enjoying a uh, a vast selection of fine uh, double IPAs, imperial IPAs. We've got uh, in the lineup uh, Firestone Double Jack. We've got uh, Drake's Denogonizer. We've got the uh, Oscar Blues Gubna. We've got Stone uh, Ruination and Heretic Evil Cousin. It sure is easy to find uh, great double IPAs uh, all over the place. I mean, these are these are world class examples, right? I mean, they're they're pretty much all in the style guidelines, save for Heretic. <laughs> <laughs> How'd that get in this mix, by the way? Is that good? Well, I happen to have an, have an in. You got some free uh, someplace? Yeah. You know I was just like, yeah, I know a guy. I figured, uh, you know, if I didn't bring it, uh, you know, you'd end up with like one example of the style. So you brought it just in case. We, like, we have like, on the, like on the uh, dry stout show. Well, you know, <laughs> there were there are a lot less dry stouts on the shelf. Uh, you know, I guess it reflects, you know, what people are buying these days, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That the seventy percent of the market's IPAs, and that and that market, you know, is obviously like we were talking earlier, is shifting to the higher and higher uh, IBU levels. So, yeah, double IPA. That's where a lot of people like to start. Well, wow, this room, this room really smells good, boy. Yeah, no yeah, we're enjoying uh, you know these samples, and you know these are are ones that at least we can pick up easy on the West Coast. It might be a little more tricky. For some of our uh, listeners to pick up these examples, uh, East Coast. 
Well, the Runation they they might get, but uh, from Stone. Right, and the uh, Gubna. And the Gubna. That's got some... Uh, right, right. Well, and, and, and look at this whole lineup here, uh, as far as color goes. I don't know, you know, these are all quite pale, uh, with the exception of maybe the Drake's uh, Denogonizers is the darkest of that, and that's... that's and it's amber. That gold, and, and golden the, amber. Yeah, and the stock guys talked about amber, like, in above, right? Right. And everything's uh, much more pale than that. Yeah. That's why I'm, I, I think that, that that descriptor there is a little bit off. Because, um, yeah. you know, in, in later in that that style guideline, I think you know, it very clearly explains why you go with less character malts. Mm-hmm. You don't want something that's amber and dark like that because... When you start adding all that crystal malt, it becomes too heavy. It becomes less drinkable. This is something about a dry finish, right. uh, a lighter Christmas. And this is something led by our uh, good friend uh, Vinny at Russian River with the uh, Pliny of the Elder. Yeah, that was the uh, supposedly the first one. Which uh, Moscow was apparently unable to uh, acquire <laughs> here in the Bay Area. I know it's, it's so far away. Do you take the list with you when you go? Yeah, it's on my phone. I, I actually have a bottle of Pliny in my fridge, but the oh, goddamn like, if I'm going to share it with you, you guys. Give it right. up for the team, right. Right. no way. Um. So the commercial examples: were Pliny the Elder, Three Floyd's Dreadnought, Avery Maharaja, Bell's Hopslam, Stone Ruination, Great Divide, Hercules, Surly Furious, Rogue, Delapia, uh, Moylan's Hopsicle, Stout's Double IPA, Dogfish Ninety. Victory Hop seems very uh, Midwest. Yeah, like a very Midwest a, list. Could use some double jack in there, or some evil cousin. Or you know what I mean? Right. I think. I think uh, you know. It's. Um, I hate to say this, but I think it's you know a very West Coast kind of style, and where these things really have grown. And uh, I don't know. I think uh, you know it's a fine list, but. I think it's missing some of the best examples. Yeah, I think those are, you know, a lot of, you know, award-winning beers. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the style seems to be, you know, uh, developing a little bit differently out here. Well, and like I say, uh, you know, all these examples much paler yeah, um, very than the description. Yeah, lighting crystal. That's, uh, that's the whole idea is to keep that... Uh, Get the maltiness down, so the hopping that you do do is really aggressive. It stays; it's a hop forward beer. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, uh, one interview I was doing with uh, Brindleson about um, one of the beers here or there was talking about. Um, I was talking to him about you know going with a really dry finish and, and extreme hoppiness, something like Pliny, and how I got a sweetness from that. You know, even though it finishes very dry, there's a sweetness. Um, not to focus on our beer, but the but the cousin finishes around, you know, one Play-Doh. We, we bumped it up to like one and a half. Wow. Uh, you know, so 10, oh, oh, or 1.004, 1. 1.006. That's where we're finishing at now. We increased it to finish at 1.006. Yeah, trying to get it up, yeah. It's a v- extremely dry beer, but there is a sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. That I believe comes from the hops, and Brindleson was saying, he said, 
you know, perhaps, again, I say stupid things, and then these guys make <laughs> rational thought out of it. And what he was say? saying, huh? well, you know, perhaps there's things called hop glycosides. It's a, you know, during the process, it, it binds with maltose, and it can bind with maltose and become like this, you know, unfermentable compound that has a sweetness to it. Because hmm. I get a sweet and a balancing sweetness in these beers. That is not from crystal malt. Is not from lack of attenuation. No, yeah, because I, I don't know what the others attenuate to, and that's why I, I bring up Just know, one example. You know that you're for you. I think they all you know attenuate fairly well, and but you get a sweetness in these beers that is not from crystal malt. Is not from lack of attenuation. Not from poor fermentation. Not from crystal. Yeah, yeah. and I I really think it's got something to do with this intense hop hopping and somehow. Yeah. That's taking the place of malt sweetness. And I think this is the thing that uh, Vinny, you know, figured out and championed long ago with Pliny the Elder. Right. And I think that that's, that's the amazing thing. That's the balance that you get. If you put too much malt sweetness in there, it becomes uh, hard to drink. You can't drink. It's filling. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's too much pushback. It's yeah, like, exactly. It becomes barley wine. It becomes a sipping beer, like the guidelines saying. Yeah. I thought the guy only pointed out really well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a sipping beer. This is a beer you should be able to drink by the pint, right? In a reasonable amount of time. You know, it's a quaffable beer because it's a eight percent, you know, pretty strong beer, right? Nine or ten percent. Oh well, <laughs> I haven't told you. So, so uh, we're at uh, in San Diego for the NHC mm-hmm. uh, National Homebrewers Conference put on by the AHA. If you're not a member, join now. Uh, and we went to the Toronado in San Diego, sure, which is a much lovelier place than the Toronado in San. That's such a, me. I mean, it's a nicer place. <laughs> yes, very nice. And the and the bartender was wonderful, very attentive. That and, is different, and pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yes, and um, so we're there. It's like you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, and it's me and Peter and like a couple other people. Turns out to be Travis and uh, his wife and. You know, like one other person in the corner. We're all sitting there at the bar. Peter has, he orders Pliny. And it's a nice fresh Pliny, apparently. And just downs it. Really? Within, it, it, it wasn't five minutes tops. Really? You notice that like his glass was going down, down, down. Yours Two is- minutes. He just gulped, gulped <coughs> like he's drinking a, like a, <laughs> a cask of, you know, Chiswick bitter, mm-hmm. you know. Just dip, 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 dip. Right. gone. Hmm. He's like, yeah, I'll take another. Another. All right. All right. You know, gets the second one. Dip, 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 dip. I mean, we're there. Five ten minutes later, it's gone. We're 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 there a total of maybe ten minutes. He's already two pints in. Right. <laughs> that includes sitting down, Everything. ordering, getting the second pint, getting the second pint, belching it, whatever. Yeah. A burping once or twice. <laughs> right. And then, and then, I'm like, wow. You know, you might want to slow down there on the the plenty. He's just like, oh no, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm in for a, like a for a nap this afternoon. Gets the third one. All right, so we're maybe fifteen. He's slowing down a little bit. Yeah, but we're maybe fifteen minutes in from when Not we walk much. in the door, oh. and he's finished his third pint of plenty. Three pints in a half hour. Okay, fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. And then he orders a fourth pint of Pliny. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, 
I'm not carrying you. <laughs> That's right. He's like, oh, no, no. He says, I'll be fine. Really? And he, you know, kind of got him to slow down a little bit. And so we're there maybe a half hour, and he's had four pints of Pliny. I'm thinking right now the staff's calling the newspaper, you know, trying to get a camera crew down there or something. This guy's got some special, <laughs> I'm thinking he's gonna go some special in skills or something, you know. <laughs> but uh, no, he yeah, four pints of Pliny in less than a half hour. It's wow. maybe, you know, 20, 25 minutes. And that's a rich beer, you know. Wow. That's a that's lot. a big beer. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, he just... Whoa. Right, right through it, and uh, that's when I uh, first met my buddy Travis. He was there uh, sitting next to Peter, and a uh, good buddy of mine. We uh, kind of GABF and stuff like that. And uh, I, I, I was just shocked at how fast I, I was didn't know you could do that. Yeah, I didn't see him doing that at all. He's more of a you know mild beer drinker. I, I consider him you know, like oh, he loves the hoppy beers. Now. Does he? Oh yeah, he's. You know, he, yeah, when he comes over uh, visit, we we travel around yeah, every every year the ones, huh? okay. uh, for the uh, conference and all that. And uh, we're going to travel around this year, and we're getting there to Philly uh, like a week early, and we're we're going to drive around and and visit various sites. And uh, we've done it every year since cool. uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota was the first one we took the RV, mm-hmm. did all that trip. That's right. And then we we did San Diego, Seattle. Now we're going to do. Uh, uh, Philly. In some ways, it's easier to go to a town and slum around the town than like to you know spend a lot of time driving between. Uh, no, we're going to drive. We're, we're, we're all over the state or the or multiple states. states. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, I'm sure there'll be some point where he's going to slam down four pints of Pliny. Okay. See, see if we can go for five. You know. Well, here you go. You, you're going to be with him Thursday night. Try him out. That's right. I'll see him Thursday see, night. See if he can we'll do five pints of Pliny. I'll see if I can get him to take do him that. somewhere. He probably will. All right. There you go. And then he's your responsibility, not mine. <laughs> I will be driving him around, I'm thinking. Right. All right. So uh, back to Imperial IPA. Oh, yeah. So that was the story about Peter and uh, and Pliny. You didn't tell us how many strip clubs you guys went to later that night. No, this is, so it's like 2.30 in the afternoon <laughs> by this point. We leave before 3. We got there at like 2. We're like 2.45, done. You know, he's four or five pints into it. I've had a pint. We're gone. He's had to take his nap. He oh, I dropped him off the, the hotel. I didn't see him again until like 7, 8, 8 o'clock at night. I'm like, where have you been? He's like, I had a nice nap. He goes, I went back to my hotel room. He goes, I took a nice nap. He goes, I'm all fixed now. I'm all even keel. And, you know, I would have had like a raging headache at that point, I think. And he could drink again that day, huh? And he was ready to go. Ready to go. Wow. Amazing. There you are. Hmm. That's what you get. Man's got skills. Uh, mad skills. All right. Uh, let's do this. Let's uh, let's take another short break. When we come back, we'll be more focused on yeah. Imperial IPA after this. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My father, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acid. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Wickman's new 
tower of power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The tower of power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The tower of power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the tower of power. Dr. Blickman's with the tower of power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy a pint. Don't be silly, Jay Peagle. We have beer to brew. Hey, my brewing brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanisha, and I love a bold, hoppy beer, one that spits resin in your face and makes you cry, Uncle. There are a lot of great hoppy beers out there, but at Heretic, we want to make something as bold, dank, and resiny as possible. We use hops at every chance we get, including multiple dry hop additions. The result is Heretic Evil Cousin. This light golden, 8% Imperial IPA has an easy malt character that helps take the edge off the massive bittering but it takes a back seat to the in-your-face hop character. We make sure this beer finishes dry so the hops can jump out and slam me in the taste buds. If you can't get enough hoppy goodness, Evil Cousin is your cup of tea. Cheers. And now, Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World? Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. That's just a crazy dream, or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and water for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of superior customer service and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. Oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. 
And and that Brew Builder software is awesome. Oh yeah. Brewmasters Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmasters Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh yeah. Back to Jamil, Tasty, and Blise. It's brewing with style. All right, we're back. I'm not sure where we are in the whole uh, whether we're covering everything thoroughly, but I think we're we're providing some reasonable information. So we've gone through and uh, been tasting these these uh, fine beers. And what is it, Tasty, that uh, makes a great Double IPA, in your opinion? Well, it's uh, it's really back to its roots, which is in, a, in an IPA. You just want a bigger, bigger IPA that can mm-hmm. be hopped mm-hmm. at a higher level. You want higher hopping. So, uh, you know, that's of course done through a combination of uh, additional malt, but a big, you know, sugar is a big part of the deal to keep the beer dry. So, t- to me, uh, the, the the most drinkable, and that's really what. We're trying to get to here are are the driest of of, of any of any uh, hobby beer I think where you can uh, you know that way that it's hopped you know in a sort of a balanced way but uh, it's really easy to drink because it doesn't have that residual that sweetness that that fills you up and makes you uh, want to you know stop stop drinking the beer because you're you're getting uh, you, you feel like you're getting a lot of like you know caloric input. input. What's interesting to me is Drake's, although it's the darkest one of it, which implies that it has some crystal 40, crystal malt, yes, yeah, some crystal 40 or something like that. It's got some darker crystal character to it. Mm-hmm. And it's got some sweetness to it. Yeah. It is fuller and sweeter. Yeah. It still finishes dry. It's got a crispness to it that I enjoy. I don't think it's you know it's it, it's not heavy. I think I think if it went a little further, it would be too heavy. But I think it's got a lot of character without being too heavy. Right. I think it's you know well made beer. Right. So they've used they've used crystal to give it right. more malt character, which I'm definitely getting. Yeah, it's pushing it. But it's pushing it. But through the right hopping and the right attenuation, they've made a beer that that's Enough pretty. Attenuation. It's really yeah. balanced. Right. Right. So to me, that when I I can tell a beer is balanced when it just tries yeah. to be sweet. But it never gets there, you know. For that's me, a balance. in this in this style, too balanced. Too balanced. It could be hop forward. You're saying. Yeah, it should be. You know, what I appreciate about all the others is less malt character. Sure. And you're for and that. they're balanced without that malt character. Yeah. And I think that, I think well, it's. See, I, I let think balance it's, it's, be part of the style. I mean, well, I, let, I think you want to be in the other end where the, the well, enamel that, pulling the scraping. Thing. Yeah, but I think that I think that malt character is pushing it. Too far. What's the other way? It it impacts the drinkability a little bit. Mm. I'm just saying I'm surprised that it's so drinkable given with it. given the fact that the malt character is heavier. Yeah. I think I think it's a dangerous road to tread if you're trying to make a you know a great drinkable one. You know, I think it's I think these are all great beers. But yeah. I think that that's a dangerous yeah. road yeah. and very hard to yeah. Maneuver. I, I think where I'm coming from is my own adaptation to the beer world, which is 
uh, stronger beers, I just have to sip. So the more right. sippable they're driven, the more I probably like them. And that's maybe like why I, I like the multier uh, mm. version. Well, more balanced, I should say. But see, I'm, I'm wanting to... You want these beers. I want. I want to be drinking these beers like Peter does, Pine and the Elder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish I'd I'd be like, yeah, pint of this, and then give me another pint, give me another pint, give me another pint, and then like fall down. I get too many I miles of my liver. Yeah, I, exactly. I don't. I don't want to be. Peter's I don't want to be sitting, sitting and sipping. I want to be. I want to be drinking. Hmm. Difference between sipping and drinking. What, uh, what, what's your impression of these beers, Moscow? Well, I have to say that uh, the uh, the cousin. Is way my favorite. Uh, there you go. Not even a close second. So write, write I, you the check uh, a little later on. Yeah, later well, well, or I could do cash this time. Uh, I echo Blobber Glop's question of: uh, Did you bottle it today to give no. yourself an edge? No. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, do, does do you think freshness uh, is yes. a factor oh, here? God, yes. Yeah. Yes. And 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 is yours the freshest here? I mean, we only Prob- check the, probably yeah, probably yes. yeah. So, and how, how much of that, and it's, the, you think that that is like the sole contributor to why I'm liking it more? Um, that much more? Might be, might be. Uh, I Could think, be. I think. If your um, focus isn't, you know, style guidelines or nitty picking about beer, which I assume it's not, the, the then yeah, that's a the bigger, a bigger generally. Factor, sure. And And the problem that we detect in, in some of these is uh, kind of a candy sweetness oxidation kind of thing going on. Yeah. And if if you, you know, if you're trying these beers, you know, while listening to the show later on, and you get these examples, and you're you're picking up this kind of candy, kind of caramel, kind of how do you how do you describe that sweetness? It's uh yeah uh, caramel uh, uh, and kind of that toffee. papery cardboardy thing too, but yeah. it's a. You know, and, and a lot of times people describe that as a malt fullness and this malty character. No, it's it's oxidation, it's staling. Oh, you, oh, you, oh, you, yeah. I mean, if we pointed out nothing else on this show, I think, you know, when you're trying these, you know, that's the kind of thing to look out for. And that sweetness and that kind of oh, yeah. candy, caramel, oxidized staling, um, if you detect that, then it's not what the the brewer intended. What about alcohol flavor? Because mm-hmm. I get that from the Drakes for sure. It's pronounced, uh, not not really in the the other ones. And maybe that's what I like also a lot about the cousin is there's zero. I get none of that, and I don't right. find it pleasant. So, are you going for alcohol flavor with a double IPA? Uh, no, I mean, well, fermentation and alcohol in general. And that's an excellent question. Um, you know. That's that's a huge part of the flavor of a beer. I mean, you could take pure alcohol, add it to you know some malt compounds, stuff like that, and carbonate it, and it wouldn't taste like beer. It's it's the fermentation compounds and things like that that these higher alcohols, different types of alcohol. There's you know a huge range of alcohols compounds, and you can get you know a wide variety of them when you ferment these beers, and you need to. Uh, be very careful because you need some of those flavors. You want to watch your pitching rate. You don't want to eradicate, you know, flavor, but you don't want it to be, you know, out of control either. You know, it can be unpleasant when it's too much. It's too forward. It's, you know, too much going on. Um, and then if you don't produce enough, then it can be insipid. 
So it's it's a balancing thing. Um, you know, if you get uh, a large amount of the alcohol through sugar, it's going. You know, you can actually drive the alcohol up to a point that it's it's not hidden well. You know, like which you know that's you want it to be within ba- you know want that to be balanced as well. So so for instance, yeah. say in the say in the in the uh, what you said, the denial, you, you, you tasted the alcohol. Mm-hmm. Say they did use like a, a higher amount of uh, sugar, say uh, like 12% or something like that. That'd be excessive, mm-hmm. right, Jamil? What would you say? But uh, how much of the fermentable from sugar do you think would be uh, generally? Normal? Generally, you don't want to exceed 10% on okay, something so, that's, you know. Right. So say they went like 12% or something mm-hmm. like that. And it, you know, showed that it would show more alcohol flavor because that's, it's got more alcohol. And then if you go really too much, you get this kind of cidery or something too, right? The, yeah. From from simple sugar like mm-hmm. that. Anyway, so you know, and so it's all about getting the beer in balance. So you you know you have to keep the sugar percentages down some reasonably low. So if you're getting too much alcohol flavor, that's what you should do. Is yeah, you're, think, you're putting too much sugar. I think in you're there. probably putting too much yeah. sugar in. Well, or I mean, not? You know, are you know, your beers uninteresting? Right. And it's, it's and it's yeast and it's fermentation. You know, it's um, you know. Uh, I believe you can go pretty high on the sugar and still get a really good, you know, fermentation character. You know, it's temperature, it's pitching rates, it's nutrients, it's, you know, the the health of the cell membrane of the yeast cells when they're going through the bulk of fermentation. That's what's going to really control what kind of flavors you have and whether that alcohol is, you know, hot or unpleasant or what have you. Yeah, you can really taste the uh, the finishing gravity in your uh, in your in your cousin. Man, that is so dry. bone dry. Yeah, it's amazing. So, how do you achieve, like? What do you do to achieve that dryness? Uh, some magic. I don't know. Uh, use yeast nutrient. What 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 is your uh, attack on fermentation over there at Heretic, Jamil? I mean, I mean, obviously you're you're, you're doing well at it. Your other beers finish low as, too, right? Yeah, you know, we focus on. Um, you know, yeast health and uh, pitching rates, right. and uh, use yeast nutrients as well. To right? Figure out the bottling date on that. I can't really read that. It's your bottle. I know. Well, you know, the date stamper, you know, doesn't oh, quite work. So you use yeast nutrient as well, right? Yeast nutrients, and you make you have all the elements that the water water has all the elements right. that the yeast would need as well. Yeah, yeast nutrients, uh, you know, pitching rates, uh, real healthy re- yeast temperature control. We start low and ramp right. up. Okay, and um, you know the amount of oxygen. I mm-hmm. I started out uh, with using the um, amount of oxygen that I had dialed in as a home brewer mm-hmm. for, for my pitching rates and everything that I was using as a home brewer. And I just multiplied that up for 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 uh, commercial scale. I just multiplied what? it out. I'm like, all right, so I'm getting, you know, uh, a liter of oxygen in my five-gallon. So mm-hmm. what we do is, uh, you know, we're doing an hour at, uh, you know, three liters a minute. 180 liters in, uh, um, you know, a thousand gallons of, of uh, wort. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just scaling up from homebrew. And that was pretty much right on the money. Right. Yeah, it worked out just. just and how's the. How's I don't the, think we increased it or it decreased it since then. How, was, how does your ferment finish? Does it drop off pretty quickly or does it tend to linger? 
mean, because I, I, I know what the the beginning and the middle are. Right. It's the end of that. To me, it kind of just says a lot about you know what kind of ferment right, you're right. getting. Yeah. No, it, it goes through at a pretty steady clip, mm-hmm. and then um, you know it, it really doesn't trail off a long time. Oh, good. If we see it trailing off, then there's something wrong. Are you above the temperature to, to move it along? Or yeah, and you know, maybe it's time to change the yeast. Oh, I see. It's something in the yeast isn't acting the way you want. Right, right, and that's sure. you know that's a good sign. You, know, you need to see you know what's going on. Indicators there may be a problem before you taste it. You know you need to you know pay attention. So, um, you know how fast the pH is changing, how fast the gravity is dropping. Those are good indicators yeah. of you know if it's nice and consistent. You know batch to batch to batch. Right. Then everything's the fine. Is on the, on the if right you see, curve. oh, you know, pH is not dropping as fast as it normally is. Something, something's wrong. Right. You know, something's changed. Either right. you didn't pitch it enough, the, the yeast didn't get the nutrients, oxygen, or you know, there's there's just something weird. Hmm. So uh, yeah, you know, we the oxygen. I don't think we changed the pitching rate. We changed a little bit. I think we bumped a little bit more yeast. Um, well, you said you were finishing the cousin. It was ending up at one plato. Right. Uh, how did you get it? What did you do to get it up to go to one and a half? One and a half. We backed off on the sugar. So we were doing oh. um, 150 pounds of sugar huh. or 200 pounds of sugar, and we backed down to 100. Now you're saying that the sugar actually ex- it accelerated. It, it drew the attention, attenuation lower because you were using right. the gas. Right, right. It's so easy to attenuate. Yeah. So we, we went more malt and less sugar. I see. And I let it. it finish a little higher. Gotcha. Uh, you know, and I loved it. Really bone, 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 bone dry. And then I'm well, thinking, ah. Well, then, but you change it for. People like a little bit more residual. So, um, you know, Vinny was always talking about, oh, you know, finishing around, uh, you know, 10-10. And he likes likes it around, you know, 8 and so I wanted, to, you know, from day one, I wanted to make sure that we were below, you know, <laughs> you know, ten ten. We yeah. wanted, you know, wanted because I really believe in what he's saying. He's right. No, yeah. And you know, this, you know, plenty of eels are beautiful beer. And so um, I wanted to to be in that range. And then, you know, because I was so paranoid about being in the range, we ended up like half of that. Well, and then he tried the cousin at at uh, oh. the San Francisco Beer Gala. Uh-huh. He's like, yep. He goes, you're doing it right. It's really good. Yeah. He's like, you know, nice and dry. <laughs> you're following the leader. Right. No, I'm like, you know, I, I learned you're, from you. I'm, what you want me to. I believe what you're you're telling me. I, I fully, you know, yeah. uh, fully good believe stuff. what what he's what he's delivering there, and he, he's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. I think that's the best way to do this kind of beer. Yeah. All right. So, what else were we talking about? What, what are we doing here? Well, we got lots of questions, so uh, you want to take a break and then uh, blow through some questions for the uh, final segment? I think we stay as late as we have questions. I think if it takes till midnight, I say we do it. (laughs) Okay, so we give long-winded answers to to lots of questions? Yeah, oh yeah. That's that's what I'm about. We have a lot of of double IP to drink. Do you listen to Bruce Strong? Uh, There you go. That's that's what you get. (laughs) That's what people signed up for, right? That's what you signed up for. When you decide to do this show... That's what you got. All right, let's take a short break. Back after this. Hey, dude, you know what beer this is? Oh, uh, no, all the labels are falling off. Yeah, or the ink is run. Well, if it's the pale ale, you're good. But stay away from the quote-unquote Belgian. Oh, man, this guy needs to get some grog tags. 
Grog tags are reusable, write-on, wipe-off, commercial-grade bottle labels for your brew. The guys at Grog Tag are homebrewers. They wanted great-looking, sturdy labels for your bottles, buckets, carboys, kegs, and growlers. They also wanted a label that not only looks good, but can be easily removed and reapplied during bottling without that nasty glue residue being left behind. No residue, water-resistant, and ice chest-approved. Grog tags stay on in water or an ice chest, and they stay legible. Visit grogtag.com to customize. Customize your label or coaster from dozens of different templates for free and see how awesome your bottles can look. Oh, it's that pseudo-Belgian. Yeah, we're getting him some grog tags, dude. Grog tag. At least your beer will look good. Grogtag.com. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next kids. meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. Ten, huh? Getting tired of that same old handcrafted beverages day after day? Are you looking for something with more diversity than your normal beer? Fellow BN Army member Michael Fairbrother, owner of Moonlight Meadery, is reviving an entire beverage category. Mead! The meads at Moonlight Meadery are all handcrafted from the finest honey on the market and are perfect for any occasion, like weddings, baby showers, or... Excuse me? Mead is not your average girly drink, mister, and Moonlight Meads can be enjoyed anytime, anywhere. Football games with the guys. Yeah. Barbecues with the guys. Yeah. Operating power tools with the guys. Yeah. Um, actually, sir, that's really dangerous. Good point, son. Next time you have something to celebrate or are just looking for a new tasting experience, pick up a bottle of mead from Moonlight Meadery. Now in 21 states, making over 60 varieties of mead from dry, semi-sweet to sweet. Break out of that craft beer low. Grab a bottle of Moonlight Mead. Can't find some? Then ask. No, make that demand some. Yeah! 
where did you go for all the stuff you need to brew? Homebrewstuff.com, of course. In their Boise, Idaho storefront and warehouse, they have more than 750 craft beers and 8,000 square feet of homebrew products in stock. The staff at Homebrew Stuff are homebrewers themselves. They try out just about everything, including the beer, so they can answer your questions knowledgeably and correctly about brewing, kegging, and anything else you might need to ask. Don't live near the Homebrew Stuff store? Visit homebrewstuff.com online and take advantage of their $7.95 domestic shipping available on most orders. Homebrewstuff.com is a proud sponsor of the AHA, NHC, GABF, and countless other acronyms. So if you're a homebrewer looking for great people, a great selection, and great deals, head to homebrewstuff.com online or in person. Visit their YouTube channel for loads of free how-to and product videos. All of the stuff you need to brew. Homebrewstuff.com Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and E. Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. BN Army, Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. Hop Tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of holy pops. And Hop Tech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's Nottingham and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts, games, and more. HopTech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit HopTech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. HopTech.com. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're, we're enjoying five double IPAs from oh, all great breweries, except for Heretic. Yeah, okay, <laughs> they cheated. Um, and and what I what I've done? So we all essentially ranked these beers. Uh, Heretic uh, Evil Cousin, number one. We all had that as number one. And we had the Stone uh, Ruination as number two. Mm. We had Drake's Denogonizer as number three. Or, well, Tasty had the Union. Just good. You guys have both added as three. And then Moscow and I both had that as number three. And then the Double Jack, uh, Firestone Double Jack is number four. I had and the switch. Oscar Blues Gubner as number five. Mm. The interesting thing that I was doing during the break was trying to figure out when each of these beers was brewed. Mm. Interestingly enough, 
the range of beers from number one to number five, the way we rank them, matches the date that they were packaged. Mm-hmm. So there's just no way to get around it. The fresher these beers are, the better yeah. they'll be. Right. The Cousins Freshest. So it's number one. Stone <laughs> like Ruination was, uh, you know, the next one. So that's uh, number two. And then Drake's and then the Union Jack and then the Governor was the oldest sample that we had. And, and that's why we had it last. So it's all, it's all, you know, this is a beer that, you know, is in this, you know, if you going back to the Pliny thing, it's like, you know, don't age this beer, drink it now. And that's why people are so anal about, you know, it's like, oh, this, this Pliny's only two days old. Let's drink it now. And I think that's a wonderful thing. That's what, what you need to do. Drink these beers as soon as you possibly can. And, you know, the fresher they are, the better they are. I think these are all excellent beers. And it really just depends on, on how yeah. new they are. I saw some people in the chat earlier saying that uh, Pliny, or maybe they were saying a, a Pliny clone, either way, um, peaks at like six weeks and then it falls off a cliff right after that. So are they just are they just wrong about that? Um, well, I, I, don't, I don't drink hardly drink any Pliny out of the bottle. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't be, I haven't heard that. That could be true. Well, well, uh, well, how how could that be true? Given our, well, I, it's not going to drop off like a cliff. I mean, it might drop off quickly, like in the, between six and eight. Well, but how could it be better at six weeks than it was at five days? Well, no, the hops. That's why they want well, you drink them fresh because they stay they stale in a way. I mean, stale by the uh, hops dropout. So, what happens when you when you first brew a beer? There's a lot of uh, little micro particles that are still floating around in there that. Um, you know, from the from the malt, from the hops, from the protein, all that stuff. While the beer may look pretty clear, that stuff's still in there, and it can be. You know, there's more yeast cells that can all be unpleasant. Stealing once, agents. Once all that drops out, the beer can be better. So that could that that could be true. Mm. You know, six weeks after pack, if, if you're packaging at the right time and everything's you know done and complete and everything's dropped out, and then you package. And then six weeks later, no, I, I I don't believe that. Now there are beers where that's true. I think that um, you know a lot of the uh, pilsner beers, lager beers, you know they they do with a period of you know mellowing and and b- melding and blending. And then I you know I think that there's you know there's a sweet spot on the on almost pale lagers from like a month to two months that's fantastic, and then it just drops off a cliff. And I've said that before, but um, on these, yeah, I mean, you know, give it a week or so, you know, for the, all those little fine particles to settle, and then it should be should be as good as it gets. Okay, you want to get through some uh, chat questions here? Yes. Um, all right. The uh, first one from uh, Ann Arbor Brewer said, uh, "What do you recommend for dry hopping? Uh, if you use a lot of pellets, could it cause oxidation?" Uh, whole leaf hops could that absorb too much beer? Is hop extract a possibility, etc.? What dry hopping? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but he was saying pellets with oxidation. Uh, yeah. He said, "Yeah, how do you? How would you versus whole hops and oxidation?" Well, yeah, he, well, whole, yeah. Ops, whole, whole hops and knockout. I think he was talking. Well, he said dry hopping. It said, yeah. "Yeah, dry hopping. If you use a lot of pellets, could it cause oxidation?" Let's start there. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, any, you know, oxidation is caused by introducing oxygen. 
So it has nothing to do with what type of hops you use? Right. Well, you know... Um, or how you introduce them. Well, if, if you're not flushing your hops with CO2, you sh- you know, um, if you can flush your hops with CO2, then... Um, you shouldn't have that necessarily have that problem if you're not flushing your hops with co2 whole hops are going to be worse you're going to get a lot of oxidation in there i think there's the thing of you know the gases partial pressure gases you know the gases will permeate their way into the hot pellets um so they will contain some oxygen um and the way around that is to but Adam, when you still have some a little bit of the fermentation left, so yeah, it'll absorb you know, that. If there's any yeast activity, they suck up oxygen so fast. Yeah. But um, you know, you can just get a container, flush it with CO2, mm-hmm. put your you know the hot pellets in there, and you know let them sit overnight. But I wouldn't think uh, dry hopping would necessarily be an issue. There's a lot of breweries that just throw in dry hops yeah. with no treatment whatsoever. That's fine. Uh, okay, so do you guys think this one's from uh, Neckbeard Beer? Do you guys think that it is possible to use a hop back instead of dry hopping? Uh, yes, but the 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 character of the hops is not going to be the same. In what way? You know, dry hopping. Uh, you know, you're doing it at cooler temperatures. You're getting uh, some aromatics that are extremely volatile. That blow off at you know anything you know like at you know body temperature they start to blow off by you know when you're doing the hot back eh, you know you might and and also you know these compounds change when they're when they're hot you hit it with boiling liquid when you're in a hot back I think that 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 changes things and the flavor and aroma you get in the hot back is going to have to go through the fermentation so it's going to have to be it's going to get scrubbed out and a lot of the aromatics going to be blown off. Uh, you know, with the CO2 that's produced. On, when you dry hop, you're doing it cold, so all that's already taking place. So dry hopping is definitely the way to go. Well, for aroma, uh, you know, believe me, just because you put a a hop substance into the into the into a liquid and it goes through the ferment doesn't mean it's not there. It's just there in probably a, like a little different form. You know, I think it's important to do both. I've had brewers tell me that. Don't even do a late addition. Just put it all in the dry hop, and it's just as good. Well, know. it's it's different. So yeah, it's different. One of the, one of the things I wanted to do was do the you know the massive you know whirlpool hopping thing. And when we were first set up, you know, knockout was taking hour and a half, two hours. And by the time that was done, all those whirlpool hops were bitter. And we're far too bitter, so we moved it all to the dry hop. It's a different character. Oh. So, um, but now that we're at the new brewery, we can knock out 30 barrels in 30 minutes. Oh, wow. So, all of a sudden, that affected bittering. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Thought you have to. So, now, you know, we're, again, dialing it in. And, Interesting. But now, I could probably get that late Whirlpool hop that go I want. Go back to that. Yeah. yeah right. Go back to that and open. Right. And, and ease away from the dry hopping which gives a completely different uh character mm. i think yeah hmm. so That's something to note about yeah your knockout time because that is part of the rest just to kind of uh 
round out the the hops discussion. Riggs asked, um, "Does first wort hopping benefit in making a double IPA and mash hopping?" So, what, like, should you be um, hopping through the entire process? Uh, I think it's it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, it just adds, you know, bittering and a sharp bittering. If you ask me, I think that you know, mash hopping and first word hopping is that makes no sense whatsoever. But you know, people believe that it it does. You know, the blind taste tests that I've done and done with uh, groups show that it's not preferred and it seems harsher. But that's just me. And other people believe that it's great. So they believe that it's great when it's not blind. Like when they know what they're drinking, they they rate it better than the blind taste test. Most people never do a blind taste test. Most people never do a side by side. Ninety nine percent of people yeah. never do when that. When would you do that? Yeah. Where do the I've same thing it, two different ways? Yeah, I've done it a, a couple of times myself, and then I had uh, Denny Cohn. Um, he brewed two beers, one with first word hopping, one without. Sent them to me blind. I didn't know which they were. I tasted them. I gave them to a crowd of people to taste at random for more beer. They came in and just, hey, you want to taste test some beers? And had them fill out a form. And it's it's a harsher bittering. Yeah. Because you're boiling the alpha acids you know the the uh acids in the in the hop uh longer and when you do i think you get a uh harsher bitterness becomes more and more and sharper bitterness so what would be the difference between you know for first word hopping uh on a 60 area yeah i mean i see so you're saying it extends the boil on, the, on yeah. that hop oil yep okay it's just like boiling your hops longer right i got you I don't think it, there's any magical, mystical thing that occurs because you're putting them in there early and they're not boiling. There's no, there's, there's no, no chemistry. there's no chemistry that's happening yeah, then yeah, yeah. that isn't happening if you throw them in the boil. It's not like the wort has all of a sudden changed and it's like, oh well, because you put it in when it's not boiling. The word has somehow magically bonded to the hop compounds. Well, I've heard that theory though that there is at a low, at lower temperature, there is a, a bond that that takes place that isn't broken during the boil. But that sounds like smoke and mirrors to me. Yeah, right, right. Even though well, I, I have I have a lot all, of recipes out there that mash up. Right. Well, it's just to me it's something that makes the mash more interesting. If you enjoy it, do it. It's a pH adjustment. If the it. beer tastes good, then, then yeah, I think obviously it's, it's working. I think they, it's when I use certain hops. I think it might work better. Well, and you know, the this is all based off of you know old German you know brewing texts that say you know they get refined uh, hop character by first word hopping. The thing is, old German studies are talking about bittering. You know, they're talking about you know Not a hop, yeah, flavor and aroma, which is what we're trying to do. They're yeah. talking about getting rid of flavor and aroma. You know, Germans are not like adding massive late hopping no. and, and getting That's you know something. all this hop character. Right. They're talking about you know getting rid of hop character. They talk about you know American hops as stinking mm-hmm. until they've sat. You know, there, there was a hop uh, 
a hop supplier that uh, they you know sent some cuts of hops to Germany, and they're like, oh, these you know they stink. They're American, you know, they're horrible. And then they let the same hops sit for a couple of weeks, warm, and then send them a cut. And then the Germans were like, oh, yeah, these are great. This is what we want, huh? And, you know, because in the U.S., they harvest these hops. They immediately slam these things into cold storage as, as soon as they can. Keep fresh, yeah. To, to preserve every little last mm. bit of all these aromatics. Mm. Um, in Germany, I'm told, they harvest these hops. They sit in a barn for a couple of weeks, warm, to all, all that stuff off gases. Mm-hmm. All the flavor and aroma that we love as American crazy craft brewers right. blows off, and then they they think the hops are ready, hmm. and they they don't like all these late aggressive hop character. Hmm. So, them talking about gr- better hop character, they're talking about better, you know, in the fact that that stuff's gone. Right. You know, I think you know boiling hops longer. Oh yeah, you're. Blowing off more of that stuff. Yeah. More of that stuff. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's just my opinion. I don't know. No, it's probably good. Good. Good opinion. I like it. I don't, I don't. One last quick one. Uh, they want to know if uh, you are willing to give out the recipe for cousin. Uh, sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> like right I think they, mean they want it now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> like you can email me at jamel at thebrainnetwork dot com. That's probably the easiest way. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, do that it is um, pretty much pale ale malt. I think we throw in a sack of. Right now oh, we we switch to uh, uh, a, a sack of Crystal Fifteen. We throw in a hundred pounds of. So in, it's like twenty two hundred pounds of of or twenty twenty fifty of uh, a. Um, Northwestern uh, pale ale malt, and then 50 pounds of Crystal 15 from Great Western, and then 100 pounds of uh, dextrose that we put in in the boil. And then we use um, 600 grams of a hop, CO2 hop extract from uh, Hopsteiner. And then... Um, we hit the holy living hell out of it with uh, massive amounts of uh, Apollo and Columbus to just insane giant. Po- I mean, we're throwing in boxes and boxes of hops. And we throw in thousands of dollars. Crazy, of hops. crazy. Yeah, and that's where that's why you to call where it, it won't dissolve anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, because it those are the dankiest. Yes, of the dankiest. It's very much like the cousin, and then. Mm-hmm. We dry hop it twice. Uh, we use uh, Cascades and uh, Simcoe and Columbus. Uh, we use a lot of Apollo. Apollo has a nice dank uh, character without being too oniony. And then um, it's fermented with uh, Calais with a WLP001. At uh, we start at sixty eight and a half. Just kind of leave it there. Um, what else? Oh, we use uh, two two pitchers of uh, <laughs> gypsum. Two pitchers. Huh? Two pitchers. Yeah. Well, whatever. You, what do you think? Any, you had any idea on the parts per million on the? 
parts per uh, million uh, calcium and sulfates one pitcher per, one pitcher per, two, per two, barrel two yeah. pitchers oh, i think we might be up to three pitchers per uh per 30 barrels what's the starting gravity uh 16 plato 16 okay. 16 something and then uh, finishing is like one, one and a half. I wish. Per we eight, can't eight, do that. Eight percent ABV. You can't. Right. Yeah, we have to start bigger, I think, to get the same. No, no, no. Think it's everybody can finish it. Uh, and six? mash temperature is like uh, yeah, we, is we shoot for like one forty nine. Okay, so that's probably going to work then. But uh, all right, I've sent people log sheets because right. it's just easier than typing it all out. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Cool. All right, there you go. Thanks to uh, everybody in the chat for the great questions. Well, and uh, let's give away another copy of uh, Brew Your Own Magazine's uh, 30 classic styles and award-winning recipes or whatever it is. Uh, It's a compilation of the style profile column that I've done for the past five or six years for Brew Your Own Magazine. And uh, they picked the 30 styles that they thought everybody would love the most put it into a collection and uh you can find that at your local homebrew shop you can find it online you can find it on the brew your own site it's actually pretty good i was looking through it uh <laughs> and i was impressed at some of the stuff i had read in the past and i back when i back when i really worked hard and cared well even now uh, even, 1. even yeah. now what you did it still covers the topic really well i mean it's yeah I'm, I'm, thousands and thousands of word on it and it's not like you know being verbose it's just well history and why and what angle how to make it and all that's really good the interesting thing on that is that's probably the most detailed that i get in describing style so i was thinking back on the shows that we did where we we're limited on time Thinking back on brewing classic styles, where we're limited on space. Mm-hmm. Brio Magazine, they pretty much let me go wild. Yeah, I mean, you got three, four, three pages full of. Oh, I'll, I'll do. Yeah. You know, they're like, well, it should be about fifteen hundred words. I'll be like, okay, it's twenty five hundred. They're like, yeah. oh, okay, they'll print it anyways. Mm-hmm. They've never said, oh, that's too much or whatever. So I just ramble on and and say a whole bunch of stuff and get into a lot of detail that normally I don't cover. So. I think it's actually really good. So, um, yeah, go out and pick yourself up a copy of that. And our, our last question was from... Uh, uh, let's give it to Riggs. We're g- giving it to Riggs. Riggs is getting it. You got a lot of good questions, and I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, they also want to know whether they really can email you if they have questions or they want yeah. recipes. Yeah. Jamil at thebrewingnetwork.com. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, no problem. Go. No, we g- give away all our recipes. Uh, again, I, I've always said, I you know, I think the breweries that don't give away the recipes, that the... the Somehow they they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're, they're all afraid that uh, recipe is the thing. Somebody will make the same mistakes we make. Yeah, it's <laughs> like uh, I'm telling you, there's a lot more to making beer than recipes. So yeah, uh, yeah, recipes are 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 free for everyone. Um. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Brewing Magazine will give you get, send out a copy of Riggs. Uh, email uh, Scott at thebrewingnetwork dot com, and he'll uh, make sure you get that uh, bad boy and enjoy. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you participating in the Brewer Network. Uh, if you enjoy this show, uh, check out our great sponsor, northernbrewer.com. Make sure that they they know you love the show. Give them, a, give them an email and say, hey, thanks for sponsoring the show. Because if you don't do that, they may give up and stop writing us that check that uh, makes this all possible. 
Check out the Brewery Network store, thebrewerynetwork.com slash store. There's a lot of goodies in there. There's the new Warheads. There's uh, shirts, hats, glassware. If you can't find something in there that you would enjoy seeing in your home brewery, I'd be shocked. So you buy that stuff. It all goes to the bottom line of the Brewery Network. Uh, check out uh, uh, Brew Your Own uh, Magazine. You subscribe to that. Half that goes to the Brewery Network. That's a huge deal for the Brewery Network. That's a huge deal for you because you get a great magazine. Till then, we're strong, everybody. And off